0: so harry tells me you're quite the host i'm somewhat of a podcaster myself and i am joseph i'm jack and i'm joe and welcome to the background noise podcast awful intros aside uh we are ready to go and talk about sam raimi's spider-man trilogy <laughs> Uh, starting with Spider-Man in 2001, Spider-Man 2 in 2004, and Spider-Man 3 in 2007. Did I get my ears right?
1: That sounds right
0: to me. All right, yeah. Oh, I just feel old. Yeah. Well, hey, you both. feel
2: old. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you feel old. Seven. 2007. That was just like a few years ago, right? <laughs> I
2: I was the right age to be a youth when the first one came out.
0: i think i remember seeing number three in theaters i know it's like you know oh he saw spider-man three in theaters. but you know again being one years old yeah i think the the first time i saw spider-man was like on on tv for the first one that was that was a lot of fun but Anyway, uh, before we get into actually our first experiences with the, the Spider Man, well, at least the movies, we can talk about first Spider Man experiences another time. Uh, this is uh, part one of a three part kind of uh, what is it series in background noise where we're going to be talking about the different you know eras of Spider Man in film. You know, starting off with the Raimi ones and going on to the Mark Webb again. Can't believe they got someone named Mark Webb to direct Spider-Man movies. It's just... It's right there. It's It's almost too silly. But anyway, uh, the Mark Webb ones next week. And then the... I'm just gonna say MCU Spider Mans because there's been there's yep. been like yep. a couple different directors right for those, but
1: that's actually been all the same. I want to say his name's John Watts. He's directing all three.
0: Oh, okay. Well, then the uh, Watts Spider Man films on the same week as uh, No Way Home is mm-hmm. releasing in theaters. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. Check it out. Hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't suffer from Spider Man three 2 twoitis. Yeah.
1: I actually meant the oh, Spide- upcoming episodes. I hope the new ones go. I meant check out the upcoming Spidey Mania episodes. Awesome. Oh yeah,
0: check those out definitely. Oh, those are yeah. those are going to be great. No matter what happens.
2: That will begin the ASMR portion of the video. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was worth it. It was worth it. it was sold my soul hmm. for for
0: good audio quality. <laughs> hmm.
2: What did it cost you? It's my soul. Did you hear that? Putting. <laughs>
0: Oh, you can't do this
2: to me! Uh, you know how
0: much I've sacrificed.
2: Ah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> yes, there we go. Now we're at. Now we're in the yeah. right mode. Let's just let's just get it out,
0: and let's just get the let's just get the memes out while we can. Uh, palm of wow. palm of the hand in the in the sun of my palm power. What?
2: The the power of my the palms in the sun of my hand.
0: There it is. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the line. line,
2: right? <laughs>
0: Close enough. Close enough. As you can see, we are all very well versed in the uh, many admittedly campy, but also very quotable lines from the, what is it, the Ramy trilogy. But uh, I kind of want to know, uh, when's the first time you guys saw Spider-Man? Because again, we were all pretty young. And uh, I don't know if I speak for, I don't know if I speak for everybody, but Spider-Man was my bread and butter as a kid. It kind of still is because, you know, it's, it's fun. But yeah, love Spider-Man. Love the movie. I uh, got some fond memories, but what about you guys?
1: Oh, uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, go, Jack, let's So it. let's see. I watched one and two probably around probably around the time three came out. Uh, I was probably around seven or eight, maybe a little younger when I first saw both of those, and remember loving them. Thought they were great. Probably watched those a lot as a kid. I remember when Spider Man three came out, getting one or two of the McDonald's Happy Meal toys. So never actually saw three. My parents were uh, good enough parents that they didn't want me seeing that because they knew how bad it was. And so I was uh, thankfully shielded from that film for many years until I want to say late middle school, early high school. Um, we were at my grandfather's condo and was on TV. So i like, you know, what, I'll finally give it a watch. And um, I realized I had not been missing anything. So don't, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was just it was pretty mad. And we'll get into that. And, and so I, since that's the only time I've actually seen that film uh, in its entirety. Uh, since then, um, I found somebody who, after the third film, they released an editor's cut, and somebody decided to take that and make a fan edit from that. And then somebody mm-hmm. decided to take both that fan edit and the editor's cut and sort of combine them into this thing they called the editor's redemption. And so when I revisited the film, I've watched that, and it's has made it much more of a bearable watch. Mm.
2: Much less terrible. Wow. Much less terrible. Much less terrible. Still I... not on that same level as one and yeah. two, but well, tolerable. I mean, considering the source material, considering what you have to work with, it would be hard to do that, right? It would be same. hard to get three up to that quality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, i and even
0: then i feel like oh go ahead joe actually
2: well uh, no go ahead you, you finish your thought and then i'll say no. when
0: i started watching sure thing uh, i was gonna say that even then it's like how can you how can you improve upon perfection and i know that's kind of what is it that's kind of hyperbole but there's been a couple different a couple different sources that have said spider-man is the just the perfect superhero movie and it's like yeah i tend to agree with him Mm. Even even if yep. Spider Man three would have been good, or you know, if it was closer to the editor's redemption cut, it would have still not as been as good as Spider Man two. And of course, we'll get into
2: that. Yeah. But yeah, sure. go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I I don't even remember the first time I watched them. It's been there have been so ingrained into my consciousness as a human being. Um, I because I distinctly remember going as spider-man a couple for halloween a couple years in a row and so i had to be like you know like the 10 11 ish age so i had to have seen the movies before then um which 10 for me would have been uh 2006 so the first two would have been out but not not three right that's how the timeline works out that sounds right um so i don't i'm pretty sure the first time i saw them was probably one of the one of those like tv edit cuts that are where they've cut out some of the stuff so they can fit it into a two-hour tv session with commercials um and as a kid you know as a 10 year old kid you're just kind of enjoying watching spider-man um i i do not know i i can't i could not tell you the first time i actually went and watched the movies through all the way at the proper version because i have been watching these movies so for so long that it's just like, it's part of my subconscious at this point. Uh, like you said, I think, Joseph, you said that Spider-Man is your bread and butter. Like, Spider-Man in general as a character is a thing that I have, has been in my consciousness for as long as I have had thoughts about superheroes. So.
0: Mm-hmm. That is yep. some good stuff right there. Some good, uh, good Spider, Spider-mania right there. That's, that's what we like yeah. to hear. <laughs> yep. Well, going back to even just like watching the cartoons and whatnot before the movie, Spider Man is just like kind of out of out of, I guess, all the Marvel characters. Really, he's the one that's just kind of really big in the cultural just zeitgeist of the past. What mm-hmm. thirty years?
1: Oh 40? yeah, yep. really? Um, mm. something around that. Yeah, I mean, I'd say probably easily the biggest three superheroes of the modern era: are Superman, Batman, and Spider Man. Mm -hmm. pretty
2: easily yes superman batman spider-man are the big three yeah uh who are iconic characters because there's a difference i've had we've we've had this conversation and we've had this conversation separately with other people not on the podcast that like dc does iconic characters and marvel does realistic characters like real people but the thing that about spider-man is yes he is he's a person dealing with real people problems as in, you know, being absolutely flat broke for 90% of his life uh, and, and having to deal with uh, high school and having to do with getting a job and having to deal with all this other stuff. But he's also, despite having to deal with real realistic problems, he's also the most iconic of the Marvel characters. Like he's the person who most fulfills the role as an icon of what a person, a hero can be. Right. So, mm mm-hmm. And I think I think he might be the most iconic character. He might be the most iconic superhero. Period, right? Because all of the problems that other than other than the problem of sometimes getting beaten up by flying goblin men, all of the problems that Spider-Man deals with are problems that are pretty much universal to humanity. So oh like, sure, yeah. The, the it's way
1: are... right good. I was going to say it's way easier to of the big three. It is so much easier to relate to Spider Man and his problems he struggles with as Peter Parker than is to relate to Bruce Wayne, who's a billionaire, or uh, <laughs> Clark Kent, who is you know massively strong and you know a chiseled perfection of a human, and um, you know just you know works a day job at a successful newspaper company. It's like you know very hard to relate to something like that versus a struggling kid in high school
2: yep because mm-hmm. pretty much everybody everybody was at one point a child dealing with growing up yes. coming of age and i mean you know you could you can read into the the powers as a metaphor for like for growing up right you becoming someone that you don't fully understand yet and having to grow into that sure
0: and it's also you know who hasn't who hasn't you know had the at least the opportunity to like step up and do something Mm -hmm. or it's like not like be a superhero or anything but it's like you know again the 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 time-worn mantra great power with great power comes great responsibility it's like yeah what is it power comes in many forms and so does you know responsibility it's kind of just a universal message there and that's Mm -hmm. why i think that it gets translated so well in the first movie so why don't we talk about the, the movies? The movies now, because mm-hmm. it's as fun as it is to talk about Spider-Man as a character. And again, he's so, so universally recognizable and almost universally kind of, kind of, I, I would say universally liked is, you mm-hmm. know, can't think any kid that doesn't like Spider-Man. Why don't we run through not just the first one, but all the films and maybe uh, pick out two moments, two moments from them that we consider like our favorites. Let's start with Jack. Go, Jack. Do it now.
1: Fine. Okay. Well, uh, one of the first scenes that comes to mind for me, two is, first off, just one of my all-time favorite superhero films and probably one of my favorite films in general. If I were to go back and look at the films that came out this year, um, I'd probably still say it's my favorite of that year. Just, it hits the mark on mm-hmm. just so many levels. And I love revisiting it again. And yeah, the first one's great too, but just what, how this, film builds on the first um is great but to talk about specific scenes let's just talk about scenes uh i absolutely love the train scene um where Mm -hmm. he's fighting doc ock just the entire thing of the battle there and then at the end he collapses and all people in the train carry him and um just you know are just shocked that he's a kid just that entire scene is just it's very emotional very well done scene and we get a lovely little cameo from Phil Amar, who's an awesome voice actor. I thought you'd like that, Joseph. If you if you didn't oh. catch that, oh, you appreciate period. that. There yeah. So <laughs> so that was cool. Uh but that's still one of my probably all time favorite action scenes. Especially if you watch the Spider-Man 2 extended. It's like, you know, a minute or two extra of mm-hmm. content and it's great. So that's one, if I did choose another one, um
2: We're easily the most
1: terrifying scene.
2: Are we or, gonna take or, turns doing scenes? What yeah, doing? let's do let's do round robin, maybe. Sure, works for me. Yeah, sounds good.
0: You know, go ahead, Joe.
2: Which, which I think I'm going to steal the scene that you're going to pick for your second. Oh, so you'll, because that. based on based on that brief description, but not so much a Spider-Man scene, but one of the best scenes in any of those any of the three movies is um, Doc Ock on the table. Oh, yes, yep. yeah, yep. is got that, it. That's that's Sam Raimi playing into his horror movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Strengths, very, because very much I, like from the perspective of the audience, like you're you're seeing you're kind of seeing through the perspective of of the arms as they're killing people, and yet you know you don't identify with the arms, um, and it's it's great It's wa- watching them sweep around the room, throwing people around as you're watching the terror, like a guy like is trying to grab a chainsaw off of the table, the really as close getting, like, zooms. Yeah, like oh man, it is it is an excellent scene. it is, mm-hmm. it, it, is it is actually a little bit unnerving. Oh, it's terrifying! Even, like excellently done, excellently done. Um, one of the problems, well, we'll talk about this later. But one of the problems in three is there aren't scenes like that really. There aren't there aren't any of the horror of because like because the prob- the reason that scene is powerful is because you know we know Otto Octavian. Right, we know him as a decent person, and now he's attached to these monsters. And you're seeing just how monstrous these things are, and so, like, now the juxtaposition is laid there of this person seemed like a pretty decent guy. Now he's attached to these monstrous things, and we saw just how monstrous they could be. We watched them tear these people apart mercilessly, uncaringly, Mm -hmm. like, and and then that sets up the 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 fundamental problem going forward in the movie is the juxtaposition between like the man you're supposed to be and giving in to just the things that you want really Mm -hmm. so
0: that is another good transition to my one of my f- uh, favorite ones, which I suppose is not really a scene, as it is not really a collection of scenes. It's all of Spider-Man. What? No, no, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's actually uh, kind of uh, the transformation that Norman Osborn goes through to become yep. the Green Goblin, and it's not just the uh, not just the back to formula scene, which is really good. <laughs> you know, this back to formula. <laughs> <gasps> yes other, other than that which is again another great line it's just kind of goes goes to that like you said about uh, the person you become and the person you're supposed to be like mm-hmm. Norman Osborn is a well in the comics he's just a kind of a horrible person before he mm-hmm. becomes Green Goblin and in this right. you can tell that he's he's just a businessman and a scientist who wants to I mean he, he wants to keep control of his company, but he also wants to, you know, still be a still be a good father figure and a good father to like his son and his surrogate son and, and Peter and then just the minute the minute he takes the serum, he just he's gone. It's, well, it's after that it's after not... that it's goblin putting on the face of
2: well, sort of goblin putting that's on the face. That's not true. Right, because he, he actually he's, he's generating yeah, he's he's degenerating over the course of the movie, and that's why it's so in- compelling, right? It was because he's not—it's not a switch, and then he's suddenly goblin. He is the the good bits of the man that were there are being eaten up by goblin over over the course of every single scene you see him in, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Till the till the very end, which the the last fight is going to be mm-hmm. going to be the the one that I narrow it down to. Because you know, yeah. Well, not to mention, like I like the I always like the fact that it kind of that one pumpkin bomb kind of blew off part of Spider Man's mask. Well, first of all, I thought that was it was brutal, and like the the scene where there's like a what is it where the Green Goblins in the in the burning building is what actually. <laughs> yeah. it, I was actually scared of this movie for the longest time. So you know, Sam Raimi, a, a very good horror director, because mm-hmm. he, he scared little me to the point where I couldn't look at what is it and. Uh, a figure of of the Green Goblin that my friend like my friend had. I asked him to like put it in his closet or something. It's like I can't look at him; he's too scary. Oh wow! And yeah, again, that is, six, that's impressive. But, you know, yeah. yeah, sure, <laughs> sure, but still, yeah. The ending fight scene for Spider Man One, just in terms of choreography, effects, just that whole fight culminating, and you see the last bit of Norman Osborn go away, just. Just before, just before he does die after being, mm-hmm. again, kind of brutally, impaled on his own
2: glider. Yep. Oof. Yeah.
0: Right. I actually
2: think so I've I've heard people criticize like there's the cutaway like the glider's coming in and then there's the cutaway to his face <laughs> oh. and him going oh and then it's... he getting stabbed and I think that's actually it's done on purpose. Because otherwise the scene is too brutal, right? Like oh, if, I agree. If you I just, think just it's show it, yeah, yeah, you, you need that little bit of levity to remind you this is still a superhero movie. So, but Jack, yeah, you're... I just,
1: yeah, no, I think that's just, um, I think raimi just has a very good sense of humor, and mm. uh, I think that just whether it be something super obvious or something little like just him saying, Oh, uh, it's just, just that light, um, addition of humor to mix with you know just such a brutal scene. Uh, I think it just it works so well, and I hmm. just, again, I think these films are very funny, whether it be the campiness or actual funny scenes, and um, I don't know if that actually goes into a favorite scene or not, but that's just a touch I wanted to make. I think Raimi, as good as he is with horror, um, he mixes comedy in with his films very well, also, almost, and I think these oh, films are yeah. a great example. His subtle comedy yeah. is very good, yes.
2: It's almost like he should make a... A uh, comedy, a horror comedy, or something, right? Somebody told that. No way. That's yeah, man. <laughs> wow, what a crazy idea. Um, <clears throat> anyway, groovy.
0: a groovy idea, even. <laughs> uh,
1: I'm trying to think if I have another scene in mind. I mean, the train scene, uh, just solid action scene. Um, that's man, that's hard. Um. One of my favorite casting choices was Aunt May. Uh, This is still probably my favorite Aunt May of the three we've gotten. I think she just nails the role. And so both the scene where Peter is talking about what happened with Uncle Ben, where you have that scene, and then later you have the scene where um, they're having like the yard sale or something, and um, you have Aunt May talking with... Peter about, you know, there's a hero in all of us and all that. That's a very touching scene. I think um, she just nails that scene. And I think it's a very touching scene. And you pretty much get the idea that, even though they don't touch it on it in the third, unfortunately, you pretty much get the idea that ant May knows he is Spider-Man.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: So I think those, um, to switch from, you know, something more action-heavy to something a bit more of a heartfelt scene, I think all the scenes between Peter and Aunt May are always great. And of course, um, uh, the scene in the first one with Uncle Ben is just fantastic. And when they reference that in two as well, I think are just great. Both the Aunt May and Uncle Ben in this trilogy are still my favorite from any of the other films they've done where they try to have those characters. These are still like the the gold standard for me.
0: Yeah, but... not only do they, and again, it's oh yeah comic comic movie it's an adaptation they can change things it was like i think as as much as they were like oh yeah peter's and uncle they were also still very much kind of like these not really i'm not gonna say like these grand grandfather and grandmotherly figures but you know they kind of were so i think Mm -hmm. they were able to pull that off well and also you know able to pull off the fact it's like you know they're they're Peter's. They're Peter's role models. They're essentially mm-hmm. his. Essentially his parents. And yeah, I think, I think there's a. All the scenes between her and Peter are pulled off pretty well without being kind of melodramatic or or sappy. Because you know, I say that because you know, other other parts of the movie are, mm-hmm. some of the emotions are a little over, overwrought. Just if you, a little sure. bit. Just a yeah, touch. Just a little. They. Yeah, they, they pulled they pulled the uh kind of the genuineness of that that relationship out very well.
2: Yeah. I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back into it, uh, action. Action again. Hit um, us with some action. But, but but this cause this is an important again, this is from two because you know, two has all like we could just say all of two and that's the best scene. Um <laughs> which is true. But, the the point where uh like P- peter has rejected being spider-man and he's actively not being spider-man and then he sees the burning building and he I, there's the i think there's a kid inside and he as peter chooses to go in and save the kid and there's a the, there's the realization that he can't not be a hero. Like he can't not be the person who goes in and tries to save people. There's also, there's a funny, there's a couple moments in there where I thought were unintentionally funny because it seems like Peter is realizing, man, if I only had my powers, this would be so much easier. Like, I wouldn't have to deal with hanging off of this cliff or hanging off of this uh, floor into the lower floor. I could just flip, flip my way across. But but it's also a very empower, very emotional and impactful scene into who he is as a person where even knowing or assuming that he doesn't have his powers, he doesn't have the superhuman ability to save people. He still chooses to go in and risk actually, actually risking himself, not in the, Oh, I'm a superhero. So it's not really that much of a risk to me. No, he actually like, he's just a man at that point, And he still runs into a burning building to save some, save some kids. And then it, it hits you with the, uh, there's some poor sap who was up on the upper floor, and nobody got to him in time. And he's like, uh, "Yes, I made the right choice, but my choice to reject being Spider-Man meant someone else died. That didn't happen. That maybe I could have saved them as well." As I think that's very like the the dual nature of that. Both the fact that he chooses to go in and risk himself, and the fact that because of previous choices that he's made. To reject being spider-man someone else dies because of that so
1: yeah uh that's it's funny funny you mentioned that scene because that was actually one i'd written down i'd forgotten about but it's funny because i've watched a couple people's takes on just them talking about spider-man 2 and that's a couple times they've said they don't like that scene they said oh that's just them trying to do something from the first one and it doesn't work i personally i think it's a lot of what you said joe i think it's a very nice touch not only a callback to the first one but him like Hey, I can still be Peter Parker and still do this, right? This will still work, and mm-hmm. um, if I have to, I can still do it. I can still do what I want and still save people now and again. And just the realization that he can't. And I thought that was an mm-hmm. excellent addition to the, the. That scene was an excellent addition, not only being a callback, but I think it was a very intentional scene that I think worked very well um, to prove the point that no, you can't. You can't still be Spider-Man and Peter Parker. You pretty much have to choose.
2: Yeah. Yep
0: mm-hmm and well my scene's actually not a spider-man scene really my Ooh. my last one yeah yeah I, I think uh what is it the reason i kind of like all the still despite all the campiness still like all the spider-mans is that and the reason they're still kind of still kind of these the <laughs> the superhero movie goals or at least the old school superhero mm-hmm. movie goals is because Raimi does the does the villains very well, or at least the ones he's interested in, because I'm going to bring up Spider-Man 3. Don't throw any rocks at me. Don't throw, uh, throw any through the. I, I,
2: I have the rock at the ready. You better Put have a really good Put explanation here. Put it,
0: Put it down. We've got glass. We've got glass that's going to go out and it's going to hit Otto Octavius's wife or something. Okay, anyway. That was a Gotta tortured cry. reference.
2: <laughs> kind of like her death. <laughs>
0: but anyway i'm actually talking about spider-man 3 the birth of the sandman okay yep yep that's right. okay mm,
2: i'm gonna uh, I'm, I'm gonna hard pass on that no oh <laughs> uh, what do
0: you mean i think it's great i think it's great on a technical i i don't have too many too many things to say about the technical stuff of this film because well most of it's already mm-hmm. been said it's really good just very very nice wire work amazing like camera work and whatnot but Mm -hmm. i think for 2007 that was great use of visual effects okay i'm gonna give you says a a great amount a great amount of thing about a character that maybe gets a little a little too much screen time because he's not given enough screen time if that makes any sense sure
1: yeah Mm -hmm. so while i here's the thing i'll I'll not, I'm not going to 100% back up on this one. So I'm not going to throw the rock all the way. I might just touch you with it. I don't need so, backing, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't like the Sandman character, and I especially don't like what they did with Uncle Ben. We can talk about that. But that, yeah. as a scene, is a well-done scene. That is a pretty scene. The realization of what he has become, I think, is a very well-shot mm-hmm. scene. I will give it that.
2: No, it's not. It's not. It's actually really bad because if you listen, like I, I watched this. I actually just watched the movie again last night, um, in preparation. I was watching it, the whole trilogy in preparation for this uh, episode. It's not, and the reason it's not is because the music is like soaring and triumphant and heroic sounding. Whereas when you cut to, at the villain creation scene in two, you know, Doc Ock on the table, it is, it is a horror scene, right? It is played for horror. Because it is horrifying. Like, what is happening to the good man is horrifying. But here, if you listen to the music, it sounds triumphant and heroic. When what's happening is this person is getting demolecularized and getting turned into a monster. And that should be played for horror, and it's not. So I, I, I strongly hmm. disagree. Because, and, and I actually. Now, maybe the shot of the scene, but the execution of. Of how the um the film portion is done maybe that is good for that but the, the then there's a contrast in tones between this the uh, audio and the visual which so i'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna hard disagree <laughs> on calling That's that a great scene. We, he,
0: we we are we are talking about the one where he's like trying to reform himself right <laughs>
2: Well, okay, I guess that's a good I'm, I'm talking talk. about that one. Has been well, that's story. what I was thinking of. That's when he's, what I was thinking yeah, of. When he's, to, when he's trying to like,
0: ra- get himself out of the... Sa- yeah, before I that, that's just kind of... Yeah, that's that's actually horrifying when he's getting disintegrated. All right, and, so I
2: misunderstood. I misunderstood. Oh, yeah, no, we're I talking about when he's back. trying
0: to pull himself back together.
2: Yeah. I, I will say that that scene actually is... I mean, I wish Sandman didn't exist. And, and, excuse me, and I, I wish he wasn't in the movie, but that scene is pretty <laughs> well done for him as a like protagonisty pseudo protagonisty character um I was I was criticizing the demolecularization scene where he gets turned into Sandman not the him trying to pull himself back together so I don't no, know. Yeah, no, it was that that
0: just... was pretty conflicting yeah, yeah. But... okay
2: all right so we now that we're all on the same page about which which scenes we're talking about. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh... we made it we're here um
0: yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I like it, and uh, it's good, and yeah. uh, you're all dumb, and the show's over. Okay, bye. What? <laughs> but, all right, no. And, uh, well, we lost Joseph. Uh, what do we do now?
2: But he's still talking.
0: All right, yeah, well, I, the good thing should. is I'm still here, surprise. And, well, I like it. Well, uh, Joe, you brought up the score in before. It's like, yeah, that's that's kind of clashing, and I always thought that was kind of... Huh, this doesn't seem right, but afterwards it's just uh the the score, the visual effects, just kinda if you just had that if you just had that scene, it would paint like a very, very different picture of like the Sandman that we get. And I'll agree that kinda I guess I guess retconning the fact that he didn't kill or that he yeah. that he did kill Uncle Ben is like that's that's just like, all right, we don't know. We don't know what to do with him. I, he killed Uncle Ben. But didn't we wrap that up last movie? It's like, eh, yeah, yes. that, I don't know, Uncle Ben, Uncle Ben.
2: <laughs> it, that whole thing doesn't need to be there. Like, like no. if, are, are we going into? Because we all agree, Spider-Man One and Two, cinematic masterpieces. The the benchmark that all other superhero movies should try to obtain, and mm. probably never will.
0: Get your uh, rocks ready again.
2: But so, only we,
0: Spider-Man we, Two in my list.
2: All right, that's—I mean, Spider-Man Two is definitely better than Spider-Man One. Spider-Man One, I very much enjoy. Oh, also, I, I enjoy it. But you know, I got looking but, back without my rose-tinted glasses, I see some like, huh, some huh moments. Oh yeah, yeah, there there are a few there. That's fair. That's fair. Um, there's uh, but we, are we moving into the Let's tear apart Spider-Man three portion of the podcast because I think we all have lists. Uh,
0: what is it? I was about to say I've I've held you all back long enough. Uh, I'm gonna say one more thing about the uh, about the Sandman scene. Just like I've uh, you know sure. him pulling himself back together was good visual effects. It, uh, but again, just starting with starting with like him just being the the little the little rocks. When I was a kid, I didn't realize sand was. Little rocks, so you know mm. that's, uh, that was educational. Spider Man is an educational film, actually. So you know, uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. Quote me on that. Uh, quote it, run it, and I want it on the presses in five minutes. I'd say it's an educational
1: film on how to not do a
0: third Spider Man film. Let's get a yes. Yes, it is. That's correct. Let's make that okay, our let's next. Transi- let's transition into destroy Spider Man three because All it hasn't right. been done before. And yeah, no one has torn this movie (laughs) No one's ever done that before, am I right? Uh, Nope. Let's start on a positive note. I did one thing I liked about Spider-Man 3. Now you two have to do one more too before we get into the admittedly warranted criticisms. Something
1: we liked about Spider-Man 3? Uh, Yes. Let's see here. Joe, you go first. Let me
2: think. Okay. So on the rewatch, I could not stop laughing at Dark Spider Man being an absolute douche canoe. Like, (laughs) terrible part. Being like just. (laughs) (laughs) Not not cool, like thinking that he's cool. Thinking that he's cool and being very uncool is is well done. I think that 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 perfectly encapsulates Peter Parker having the Venom on him, where he thinks that he's better now. And he's much worse. And we can see the contrast between who he thinks he's becoming and who he actually is becoming, which culminates in him being an absolutely terrible person to Mary Jane, uh, manipulating Gwen to use her to get at Mary uh, MJ. Like, I mean, it's, it's hard to watch from like an enjoyment perspective, but it perfectly does. I, I think that actually is a really good way to represent him becoming this worse version of himself.
0: Hmm.
2: Uh, I guess if I choose something
1: I like, the big problem, and we'll get into this, the big problem, um, and something for me with with films is it's usually very easy for me to like a film if I can like the characters, but they do so much with the characters that makes me not like them that that's really what drags the film down. So if I choose something I like about this film... The fight scene at the beginning, where we see Harry and Peter fighting for the first time, uh, I'd say mm. that's a solid fight scene. I liked that. I yeah, thought that was pretty sure. well done.
0: Yeah, from from just like a from again going technical, I guess from a technical standpoint, as an as an action scene, it's like yeah, it's fun. But from like the other stuff, it's like oh, this this should have either happened at the very end of the last film, and again, it, it happens at the very beginning of this one. But it's like. I don't know maybe this should have been this should have been boiled up a little more and it should have happened in the middle i don't know it was it was very mm-hmm. early and jarring yeah
2: sure yes so so that's pr- primary criticism is spider-man 3 should have been about harry and peter mm-hmm. the, they should have been the two main characters and they should have been both of them should have been the only villains because, like, there's a time when Spider-Man kind of is the villain, right? When he's becoming, uh, I don't know, is it Black Suit when Spider-Man? Is what
0: getting it? when he's getting envenomed, Ooh.
2: envenomed, en, envenomated. Um, <laughs> Invenom- <laughs> I don't. Let's use envenomated. I love that. Oh, that sounds really cool. <laughs> uh, like the, that that dynamic between those two characters should have been the main portion of the movie because there shouldn't have been Sandman. You could argue that there shouldn't, I mean, maybe you need Eddie Brock as, like, he suffers because of, there's a couple couple ways you can do the final battle. You can either have it be um, Spider-Man having been free of Venom fighting Harry as himself, or you can have it be, like, you know, Spider-Man still hurts Eddie Brock, and Eddie gets the Venom suit, and then... Spider-Man has to convince... Or Peter has to convince um, Harry to team up to take on Venom. And that's how they reconcile their differences. And probably Harry still dies. Um, something like that would still work. Uh, you just... As long as you're focusing on the real core problem is Harry and Peter. That's the yeah. big change.
1: Yeah. You're no, just...
2: the same man completely. I know we... we, we there's, the, there's, there's a couple scenes that are okay with him. And it's, it's an interesting kind of an interesting twist but get rid of him completely that whole plot line doesn't need to be there
1: yeah well that's the thing i feel like you can almost keep <clears throat> the base of sandman you can also keep him as if you want to keep him as your side villain if you want to have a secondary villain in the film sure you can do that mm-hmm. but you have to keep the main villain you can almost i mean you can almost be very similar to what it was in three where he is the villain that he doesn't take it out on Sandman because he killed Uncle Ben. He takes out his anger on Sandman because he has the symbiote and it's, you know, channeling all of his angry uh, thoughts and emotions and all of that into that. And we see the outcome of that on how he treats Sandman. you know, maybe he's just, you know, brutally, you know, annihilates him or, you know, completely, you know, just traps him in this jar of water. I don't know. But
0: um, get in this, this- jar.
1: and stay there (laughs) but you know like if you want to keep him as the side villain as the person who or the villain that basically makes Peter realize you know he's gone too far sure but the main villain and the main story should be between Harry and Peter and whether or not you want to make Harry be the Green Goblin if you're making be the Green Goblin he has to have a better costume though because that costume was trash in this film it was so bland um or make him become venom and then you have like a spider-man fighting a spider-man so i mean that would have been kind of cool
2: that would have but harry was never venom in the comics actually i don't know if true or not.
1: as far as i know i don't think he was but i think it would have worked fine and i would have i wouldn't have gotten too mad i would have maybe held the rock up but it, i wouldn't have thrown it if they've done it right so
2: yeah i mean they already have uh, Peter can shoot webs out of his arms as opposed to having the mm-hmm. web slingers like yeah wh- you make him one more change to canon not that big of a deal um mm. the, sorry go ahead yeah I think another another major problem with that movie is the the problem of MJ and Peter's relationship because and and the reason isn't because of something organic in the characters like the reason they have problems is because you know mj is having problems and peter is not listening to her and is just kind of being stuck up in his own own little world but Mm -hmm. that's not not related to him as a character that's the problem is created because hollywood writers don't know how to write characters and relationships because if you notice uh they get together at the very, very end of two. At the very end of Spider-Man 2, MJ has chosen Peter and they're going to be in a relationship together. And you get like a brief scene of them in the little spider hammock, it kind of spending some time together. And then after that, it's just all fighting and, and miscommunication and problems. There is no them being in a relationship together, handling problems as a couple that has some like time together to get they've gotten to know each other they are working together which would have been much more interesting to me as a viewer it would have been so much cooler to have a couple who are actually getting along and actually seem to like each other and actually make sense as a couple for why they are together whoa what a crazy idea what a crazy idea to have actual characters who are in relationships and it's like healthy and good for both of those characters. What a wild thought. But Joe conflict. Okay. But there's, but here the problem is if you have the conflict between MJ and Peter and the conflict between uh, Peter and Harry, they, they kind of detract from each other or, or if you have like MJ and Peter work as a couple and then Peter gets the venom symbiote and, he becomes angry and self-destructive and that causes problems in his relationship. Where It's not—it's obvious that the two of them work together normally, but now all of the bad emotions in Peter are being amplified because that's one of the things the symbiote does. And then, then you're actually even more invested in that relationship because you saw that it works and you want Peter to get rid of it because it's making him a worse person and it's negatively impacting the people he cares about. As opposed to The movie we saw where like he kind of already bad at relationships anyways you're like well he's already kind of a terrible person i don't care if he's in a good he's in a relationship or not he's already terrible right so oh yeah i feel like
0: that just instead of things being bad to begin with it's it's good to establish like the rest of the films established like that well, the second one did it best in the terms of the dichotomy between Peter Parker and Spider Man, but each mm-hmm. one of them's had its own like kind of split in the status quo, as it were. You
2: know, was yes. it? Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. Yep.
0: Yep. And in, in that being that being not very not very clear, I'm not going to say not very developed. If anything, it was it was developed. It was just sped by so quickly. It's like mm-hmm. they did they did a whole movies worth of whole movies worth of development in the first 30 minutes or something. It was it yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it just but uh, I completely agree about the relationships. Um when it came to three, it did not feel like a natural progression for the characters. It would be different if all the conflict had started when he put on the black suit, but they already have it happening when he doesn't have it, they just have him being cocky and oblivious to what's going on with Mary Jane and Mary Jane is just Sad for half of it, but um, yeah, that just it didn't make sense, and that's not what we've seen from the relationship thus far leading up to this film. And so it just felt like they put it in for conflict's sake. So
0: mm-hmm. Yep. All right, now that we've uh, torn a hole in Spider-Man 3's web, uh well do we do we have any more have any more come i mean i'm sure we have plenty more comments oh i mean i can keep talking about it but, but 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 we're not going we're not going back to no this we're bad, not going back a, to Formula? a bad, no no I'll no like, more I'll make that, the that, was a, that was a bad one <laughs> that was that was that wasn't even relevant to the conversation <laughs> anyway okay the, the trivia game this one's actually good this time audience and fellow hosts because i've put more than three minutes of effort into it i've put five okay to... progress yeah. all That's,
2: right well is progress
0: i'm sure uh, was it the super fans will know that this trilogy well super fans maybe even the casual fans because this is kind of like a one of these things is a big bit of a big bit of like you know I guess movie movie star Hollywood trivia or something that this trilogy is kind of known for many like other now kind of well known actors almost being cast for roles in like Spider Man and Spider Man Two with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio who's very good friends with Tobey Maguire they uh, what is it they grew up being child actor buddies together and Leonardo DiCaprio was almost cast as Spider Man and that's kind of a lot of people know that as like. Oh, he kind of he couldn't do it because he was filming or he was about to film. No, no, it, it's there's one of these things about filming. He was he wasn't able to commit to a multi movie like filming schedule. Was that one? And, I see, and that's good for him because he had some he had some big things from two thousand one to two thousand seven. But anyway, uh, yeah. Well, gentlemen, I've got a handful of characters and the actors that they were considered for. I'm going to need you two to guess and just like ring in with used air quotes for ring in. And this is an audio podcast Uh, ring in by just like saying your name to kind of like be the, be the first one to guess. And uh, I need you to guess which character these actors go with. And don't worry, all the actors, like actors and actresses I'm going to list are going to be for the same character. So there's not going to be like a, like, you know, two Spider-Man actors and a, uh, what is it in a Mary Jane actor in the same one? All right. Okay. Sounds fair. All right. Let's start
2: easy.
0: All righty. Let's start easy with uh, the actors Jude Law, Heath Ledger, Wes Bentley, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Freddie Prince Jr. I would assume Spider Man. That is correct, Jack. Ding, 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 ding. Was you win the you win the pizza from Joe's Pizza for that one? Prizes will be given for individual uh, individual wins, so mm. don't worry, Joe. You can still catch up.
2: Okay. <laughs> all okay. right. Pizza I, time. I'm just going to tell you, I'm terrible at this, these kinds of games. First of all, because I'm terrible <laughs> at names. So Jack is going to get all the points. So. <laughs>
0: oh, he's going to get he's going to get the pizza, and he's going to get the uh, well. Anyway, all right. Next uh, next group of actors: uh, Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro. <laughs> David DeConvey, I don't know who that is. Ed Harris, Sam Neill, Chris Cooper, and Leave Schreiber. Who Uh, is that? Who's the character I mean?
2: I don't know. Were they Green Goblin? Oh,
0: I'm afraid not, Joe.
2: Okay.
1: I think they're all male actors.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, very good, Jack. Uh, A little more specific. Oh, okay. (laughs) Human male. Actors. It's, yes, you get multiple guesses. Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Uh,
2: well, I don't know. Does that count as Jack's guess? Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. I don't know. Were they all Uncle Ben?
0: I'm afraid not. No, no. Okay. They're not Uncle Ben. All right. All right. Jack, one more guess, and then we're going to move on to sudden death with a, a clue.
1: All right. Uh, with that, list of i'm gonna go doc Ock.
0: ah very good jack very nice yeah put, put the clapping sound effect in there yeah, yeah, yeah. that was gonna be yep. my next guest so oh you were you were this close again audio podcast you didn't see me holding up two fingers very close together anyway
2: i can i can imagine it
0: yep and for that jack you win the power of the sun in the palm of your hand
1: sweet uh- all There's right. nothing else I like to do when I'm eating pizza. I hold the power of the sun. That's just, that's, that's, that's a perfect meal to me right there. Yeah. You, hey, gotta you keep know, it. at
0: least
2: the pizza won't get cold.
0: That's right. Exactly. Yep. You got to keep, got to keep it warm with the, anyway.
2: Our 20, next two list... minutes or the sun explodes. It's <laughs> a promise, Go! man. Go! <laughs> 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 Nicholas
0: uh... Page, John Travolta, uh... Bill Paxton. Mel Gibson, Jason Isaacs, Robert De Niro, and John Malkovich. I got a little piece of trivia after we figure out who this is for.
2: I'm going to guess Green Goblin again.
0: Yes. Joe, right. he did, he did yes. it, Joe. Yeah, 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 Good for you, I Joe. W- Good just one, Joe. You said, got one.
2: Was, you said Nick Cage, and I was like, okay, that would have been – I would also have been excellent Green Goblin. Imagine
0: Nick Cage's facial expressions for this. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, it turns out John Malkovich, uh, who was kind of, he uh, he was either considered or he auditioned, was in one of the first drafts. And again, this is all hearsay because Spider-Man 4 was, was pretty much just a collection of mm. uh, Hollywood hearsay at this point. But he was originally going to be the vulture in that film. And again, yeah. I feel like it's kind of funny. I can see that. I can see it too, because ironically enough, about the age John Malkovich was, like there, and I'm not saying he's old or anything, is is about the same age that uh, what is it Michael Keaton was when he played Vulture in the what is it Homecoming one? So oh, know, that's what <laughs> That works out pretty well, I think. That does work, yeah. And even well, even before like, even before he was like he was considered for Vulture, but even before then, he had to he was supposedly going to go up against. Ben Kingsley for the role. Yes, the Ben Kingsley, Ooh. Wow. Gandhi himself. Yes, indeed. And again, another another little trivia bit. You're seeing this sprinkled here and now. A lot of these guys eventually got into the MCU in one way or another. Mm. So that's, uh,
2: yeah, that's kind of funny. Interesting.
0: <laughs> All right, we've got two more. We're cranking up the cranking up the difficulty here. All right, Lee Aramy. Christopher Lloyd and Dennis Farina.
1: Let's say Uncle Ben.
0: Oh, very close, check, but I'm afraid no cigar. We'll find then. I don't
1: That's smoke anyway.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of who other prominent male characters are that we need to consider. I don't know.
0: Here's a hint for I both just, of you. I've given you a please. hint just by saying stuff.
1: <laughs> well, can I? I can't make a second guess, can I?
0: Uh, let's let let's let Joe do a do a concrete guess before okay. we move back to you.
2: All right, Joe, I you can do it. I I, I have no clue. I I don't even know. I don't even think I recognize the names of the actors you listed off.
0: Mm, mm. so Christopher Lloyd. That that that's Christopher Lloyd.
2: Okay. He's um the Doc in Back
1: to the Future.
0: Yes, that's him. And uh, Arlie Aramis, the uh, drill uh, was it? Yeah, the uh, drill sergeant in Full Metal Jacket. Um, that's, his, that's his. big role. He's been in a lot of other stuff, but that's the big one. Okay. Don't know who Dennis Farina is, but anyway, uh, Jack, your second guess. Well,
1: you said no cigar, and considering the only person who has a cigar is J. Jonah Jameson, that's going to be my guess.
0: Uh. <laughs> well, that's very good. Again, print it. I want it out in five minutes. Because it's the right answer. Very nice. You get a first edition copy of Spider-Man: Hero or Menace from the uh, Daily Bugle. Hmm. That's coming I mean, in the mail, by the way. It'll it'll be sure. fun. Yeah.
2: The problem with that is uh, nobody is better than J.K. Simmons at being hmm. James. We need it's before for- we
0: before we finish up. We need to loop around to the casting because this is brought up just the fact that this these this trilogy is phenomenally cast with the exception of Topher Grace. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Our last, I say list, this is actually the hardest one because it's only two names. Uh, Elisha Cuthbert and Scarlett Johansson.
2: MJ? That's, uh, <laughs> not, not not the off. What? I, I'll give you half
0: a point there because technically one of them is. One of them was considered. So you get a half okay. point there. You get sand, a half of Sandman in a jar.
2: Half of ooh. oh <laughs> oh oh no no no! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't open it.
1: Uh, I'm gonna let Joe guess again because I want him to get all of Sandman in a jar.
0: All oh, right,
1: oh.
0: <laughs> do it,
2: Joe. <laughs> I don't know, Gwen Daisy, Then, yeah, Maybe the extra Ooh. one.
0: That's right, the one yeah, yeah. you
2: get the other half. <laughs> uh, don't yeah, hold yeah. them too a close. jar.
0: Yep, you get the other half of the jar. I uh, was. Oh, it? I got the put... other half of the jar. <laughs> yeah, what is it? I put plastic wrap on it, you know, so it so you won't oh. get out. So now you get to put it <laughs> back together. <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right, um. now. Secret bonus round. Yep, there it is again. Yep, that's right. Okay, many prominent directors at the time were also considered to direct the first Spider-Man. Try and name one of them. Now, this is very difficult because you have to have (laughs) knowledge of directors from 2001 that were either well-established or up-and-coming. So I got two hints for you guys. The first one is one of these directors would do a superhero movie three years after spider-man was released in films and the other is that another director is known for spooky films that may also involve spiders
1: um i don't know about those i do know that james cameron was initially asked
2: about it all right that
0: that is one very good jack what about you joe you got any more got any more guesses
2: i I do not know. Like I don't know actors. I even know even less about directors. So I <laughs> am right. not the I'll take that.
0: Um, unfortunately, I'll have to be revoking uh, half of your uh, the other half of your Sandman in a jar. <laughs> oh, boy. Not being able to answer. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that one was pretty tough. But uh, the fir- the director for the first hint was Ang Lee, known director um, of uh, the Hulk from two thousand and four. Right. <laughs> that wonderful film uh tony scott brother of ridley scott uh may he rest in peace not ridley scott tony scott tony scott passed away in 2012 anyway uh-huh. tim burton that's where the spooky uh was it you know the spooky spooky films that may involve spiders came from tim burton was actually kind of considered for a moment oh hmm. yeah okay uh, jean de Bont. And don't be don't be uh, sad that you don't recognize his name because he's the director of Speed and that's his only good movie. And you can quote Mm. me on that one. Roland Emmerich. Again, we like we've kind of got the trifecta of like the big action, kind of the big action names from that era. Uh, Was it the director of Speed, Roland Emmerich and, brace yourselves, M. Night Shyamalan. Of Hmm. course. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that's all for the Raimi Spider trivia game. play the play a non-copyright Spider-Man theme here, Jack. All right, anyway, yeah, that's that's good. That's good. I hope you all enjoy your prizes and they'll be coming in the mail sometime. Yes. Ooh, Yay. That's a wrap. Clap, 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 clap. sure (laughs) okay now let's let's reel let's reel back in and i say we i need to reel back in from that from you know pick my brain off the floor and go back to the casting of these films it's it really is good you know we can we can joke all we want about like oh yeah what is it toby mcguire's playing a high schooler and he's like 30 years old but it's like he pulls off Peter Parker, he pulls off the dual role of being Peter Parker and Spider-Man very well to me. And it's not just nostalgia talking because I think I've got good comparisons to there's been comparisons to like, oh yeah Andrew Garfield's the best like, oh quippy Spider-Man type. And uh, what is it? Uh, We may talk about that next week. We will will talk about that next week, but it's like, you know, he's the best balance. Tobey Maguire is the best balance. And J. Jonah Jameson uh jk simmons they, they're they're meant to be uh norman osborne uh, it was it's willem defoe willem he's yeah. he's an amazing actor and he just kind of brings again he's very hammy he's having a great time you can tell yeah lot. you could tell a lot of people were having a great time filming filming the first spider-man it was it was just you could see from like the behind the scenes stuff everyone's he's just he's chewing up the scenery it's great mm-hmm. And he just kind of he's also able to do the dual role of kind of this crazy over the top evil figure. And, you know, just this this businessman and scientist. And again, I talked about that earlier, but Alfred Molina is Otto Octavia, Otto Octavius, you know, mm-hmm. words. Mm-hmm. Sure. Just the vi- the villains. And, you know, they're very well cast, very well portrayed. It seems a little little melodramatic at points but I, I can't think of a single miscast other than Topher Grace sorry Topher mm-hmm. throughout the trilogy honestly
2: yeah well yeah. I mean we all know that the actual Venom movies are a cinematic masterpiece as of course has been also recorded here we go on this exactly as has been previously recorded on this very podcast <laughs> Uh and so obviously I'm muting Joe. Now. A, go ahead. A, anyone else who isn't mm-hmm. yeah yeah. On, you know any any version of Venom that isn't that version of Venom just can't hold a candle to that.
0: Clearly. Yeah, go on yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um Jack is he done yet? Uh yeah, he's done. Okay. All right, you're unmuted, Joe. Uh mm. <laughs> Well, I <laughs> I think at
1: this point we can probably give our star rating uh, for the films, which I think should be pretty easy.
0: Oh, that should be. Uh, all right. Uh, how about we? How about we don't break tradition? Go ahead, Jack.
1: Fine. Well, um, I would. I still love watching the first. The first, I think, is a very well done film. Uh, I would give that a solid nine out of ten, just mm. for what it was. There's some little things here and there, like uh, some cgi here and there doesn't hold up just some very little things that you know prevent it from being perfection but uh for what it is i think it's still great Silver blast watching so i give that a nine out of ten spider-man 2 is still probably one of my top five favorite superhero films ever um maybe top 10 but i think it'd probably pretty easily be top five that's 10 out of 10 for me just perfect especially the fact that it's a sequel and had to you know live up to the hype of the first one so still absolutely adore that film and then the third I would probably, again, I watch the fan edit, so the fan edit itself, I'd probably give like a six or something. So, having, if I'm going back with the original film, I'd probably give that a uh, five, six if
2: it's lucky. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. I I will do. I I think I can give number one. Uh, I can, I think I can give Spider Man one and nine. I think I agree with everything Jack said. It has, there's a couple points here and there where it doesn't quite hold up as well. Um, but if, otherwise, a very solid movie. Very good message. Very good, like, not just a story, but the the ideas that it's trying to actually convey as opposed to just being a whoop, bang, pop, wow, Zippo action mm-hmm. movie. Um, and then two, perfect. 10 out of 10, excellent, solid movie. Um, go back and rewatch it. I, I, I don't. Ironically, it's not me. Ironically, saying you know, Venom Two is an excellent movie. Spider Man Two is an excellent <laughs> movie, um, and I can actually and, agree with him on this one. Yeah, and yes. then man, you 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 gave uh, you gave Spider Man Three an easier pass than I would. It's like a four, maybe even a three. It's it's it might be three too many villains out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought
1: about like maybe I was doing it too nice of to a review, but I realized it's still better than Eternals.
0: Oh, oh Oh, shots fired. Shots fired That's right from that, the, that okay, right that is true. Wrist.
2: But I think I gave Eternals a three, too. So so I, I can give Spider-Man three a four. There you go. Just for that. Just for that. <laughs> yeah. It gets one more. Just yeah, just for that. the Eternals. <laughs> it's not, it's not as bad as Eternals. It's oh so bad. man. That's going mean, to be our hashtag on this show. Not as bad as Eternals. Not as bad as Eternals. I got shot in the face. Not as bad as Eternals.
0: <laughs> I remember uh, more about that incident than I do the Eternals. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I got to say, again, just Spider-Man. Spider-Man 1 is a very, very good, very fateful adaptation of source material and character to like the big screen and unfortunately i think it's so successful as you know going back without the nostalgia glasses it's it's down to a it's down to an uh, what is it down to an eight for me it was, right, a, sure it was a it was a 10 in my 10 in my little six-year-old eyes but it's gone mm-hmm. down to an eight and again an eight is <laughs> an eight's really good i'd mm-hmm. say it's closer to a seven because i'm you know a cynical contrarian insert buzzword here but yeah it's still still a great film with a marvelous cast effects that hold up most of the time and it's it's just fun and i can say the same say the same for spider-man 2 except the effects are better the villains better the acting is you know everybody's giving it their all it seems i'm not going to talk about james franco uh that is a <laughs> 9 out of 10 and spider-man 3 yeah three three too many villains out of 10 i, I like parts of it but of course i'll say you know if i like three scenes out of a <laughs> 23 scene movie i no, no it's not yeah it's it's not very good and just so you know i can't remember is it i can't remember what i put for the eternals but if i if i put it if I put it, uh, what is it? If I put Spider-Man three lower than that, I want to give Spider-Man three one more point, just so it can be a little closer to the Eternals. Yeah. But again, kind of looking back, it's like, as much as it gets ragged on, it could have been
2: worse. Could have been. So it could have been worse. Eternals. Worse. It could have been Eternals. We keep going to that, but there's worse movies. Yes. even though I mean... Eternals is bad. <laughs> this could have like spontaneously exploded when you inserted it into the DVE player. We could have had and the it... vulture, and
0: we could have had black cat, which was planned. That was planned oh, before they gosh. threw venom into. Oh my effect. goodness! Uh, but yeah, that's that's my ratings there. Uh, it, over overall rating for the trilogy itself, factoring in everything, including little the rose tinted glasses bonus points. Uh, eight out of ten. Very, very fun. All right. Okay, I think that'll about uh, wrap up for us here. I think we've actually gone a little bit over our time limit. Of course, not counting, uh, what is it? I was going to say, not counting things we edit out, which better not be the trivia game, Jack. I know. I watch, I listen to the podcast. I know it. You listen to our podcast? I have to listen to my own uh, wonderful voice to make sure I'm uh, uh, keeping it up well enough. Oh, I see. (laughs) Well, of course. But yeah. Uh, Any more closing thoughts that don't involve tearing apart Spider Man 3? Or (laughs) one more jab. (laughs) One more jab, Joe, if you want.
2: (laughs) <laughs> oh, one more one more jab oh uh, well keep- this is an interesting segue into next week uh because spider-man mm-hmm. 3 is the start of the modern superhero superhero movies and you can see how it doesn't superhero. fit with the other two because it is the start of the modern superhero movies and we will talk about that next week mm, that
0: is a Be- good point actually yeah wow
2: so
1: look forward to that uh, yep.
0: When we talk about the Mark Webb's Amazing Spider Man duology, we'll meet again, Spider Man!